Listening to the Palmetto Report, I'm Joseph Casco, and it's MassCom Week here at Winthrop University. And one of our speakers, our featured speaker today, was Charles Perry. He's a 2005 Winthrop graduate with a degree in mass communication. He's currently the editor of MyOriNews.com and the Carolina Forest Chronicle, a weekly newspaper in Ori County, where he covers county government, the justice system, and agriculture. Charles, thank you so much for being with us today. Glad, glad to be here. So first, uh, tell us, how did you get to the position that you're in as editor of Ori County News website and uh, Carolina Forest Chronicle? Sure, yeah. I, um, when, I, when I graduated from Winthrop in 2005, I worked for four years at the Rock Hill Herald, which is a daily newspaper here in town. And I covered everything from crime to uh, local government. I uh, got a lot of great experience. And uh, during the recession, I had a chance to, uh, to come back to my hometown. Uh, I was born in Loris and uh, grew up in Conway. And so um, I had a chance to move back. And I actually returned as the editor of the Myrtle Beach Herald at that time. And uh, I, uh, I worked uh, as, the editor, as the Herald editor for about five years. I took an 18-month hiatus to go back and work for the McClatchy Company at the Sun News. Uh, realized I, I missed uh, the, the local, uh, local community journalism. And so I, I went back to the weekly world and uh, been there ever since. Uh, it, it, someone asked me earlier, like, what a typical day is for me. And it's kind of crazy. I've got five kids. And so usually I wake up sometime between 5.30 and 6. I immediately check Twitter. I immediately check my emails to look to see if there's something to happen while I was during the 2.5 hours I was sleeping. And, uh, you know, I once I get you know kids dropped off at school and, and daycare and everything else, uh, I, I tend to, to mix it up. I don't stay – I don't – I spend some time in the office, but I like to spend a lot of time out in the community reporting. Uh, I cover a lot of government meetings, but um, I also just like to drop into to places where, you know, kind of folks, uh, folks congregate where you're, you'll hear stories and, and get story ideas. And so um, I, uh, I also spend a lot of time on the phone texting and calling people. Um, you know, over the years, I've developed some pretty, uh, some pretty good sources that I, I turn to regularly for information about different, uh, different topics. And, uh, but the thing that I've always loved about this work is it, it, you're constantly learning. Uh, there's always, every story always presents, you know, questions that you have to answer. There are always topics you have to learn about. I mean, I've, I wrote about beekeeping for, for, for a little while, um, farmers markets, you know, all kinds of different things. And the thing that that's so great about journalism is it's, it's different every day. You know, you're confronted with different issues, different challenges, um, and different stories. And it's, you know, it's just it's just a, a heck of a lot of fun, really. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I had a, I had a wonderful time when I was here at Winthrop, and uh, that really was pivotal in in, in me uh, taking this career path. So you mentioned you know your time here at Winthrop, but what were some of the skills that you got here in this program, or something you did while you were a student here that really helped prepare you for your career? So one of the things that uh, that I learned pretty early on from, we had some uh, veteran uh, reporters who are professors here. Uh, Haney Howell, uh, the late late Haney Howell, wonderful, 
wonderful journalist, amazing stories about covering Vietnam and everything else. But one of the things that, that Haney taught me that I've always kept with me is he always encouraged me to know every secretary's name, know, know everyone who is connected to the folks in power, and to remember to bring flowers on birthdays and, and be respectful and polite and always chat those folks up. Because Haney always said, he said, you never know when there will be a story and those folks are the ones who know first and they're the ones who call you. And so um, that was something that, it's all, that always stuck with me. Uh, Guy Real, who's the chair of the department here, he, uh, he, all, he, he, he never tolerated lazy reporting. He always wanted you to make sure, you know, check all your facts, check every, every name to make sure it's spelled correctly, and just to dig deep. And so, you know, at that time, there was just such a great group of, of educators here and folks who had decades of experience in journalism that, it, you know, they wanted students to do that in-depth reporting. They wanted to see it not only, you know, when we graduate, but they wanted to see it at the Johnsonian, the, the student paper. They wanted to see it in, in, in student media. And we actually had a pretty good run um, we had some fantastic coverage uh, when I was here with the with the local uh, with the local or the student media, and I mean we I know our, our student paper won for, from some of the stories that in there we won several uh, awards not just from statewide but I know there were some Hearst awards nationally that we won for some of our work, and um, it was uh, it was an exciting time to to, to be here really, uh, but but those veteran professors the ones who who stress you know the dogged shoe leather reporting, um, that that really played a, a big part in my development here. What would you tell the students now? What would be your advice to? What kind of skills should they develop now to move into the world of journalism? Oh boy, it's changed so much. Uh, you know, I was r- looking the other day at some of the numbers and it's. Like newsrooms in this country have employment's dropped by 25 percent over the last 10 years. Uh, I think it was 2008 to 2018, and there are fewer of, of us working, which means there's more work to be done. So students need to be able to not only write clear, uh, write clearly, uh, write powerful stories, but they also need to be able to uh, take compelling photographs, uh, shoot and edit video. Um, they really need to be generalists. Uh, you know, for a long time, the idea was was specialization. You know, you 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 became a reporter, you became uh, a, a photojournalist uh, or a videographer, and 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 you really need to do have many of those skills now. Um, and uh, and there's and there's a greater pressure to not only have those skills, but to be exceptional because the, there's a, a a pool of folks looking for work and hungry for work and, and, and who have those skills. So you not only have to have lots of skills, but you have to have, be exceptional um, in, in the work that you do. You're listening to the Palmetto Report. I'm Joseph Casco. We're speaking with Charles Perry. He's the 2019 South Carolina Press Association Journalist of the Year and a 2005 graduate of Winthrop. He's currently the editor of MyOriNews.com and the Carolina Forest Chronicle. So just tell us, what was it like to receive that honor earlier this year? You know, I, um, I it, it probably would have been a surprise except for the fact that my parents showed up. <laughs> and uh, so it was kind of like the Oscars; they, they didn't tell you in advance that you won. No, they no, they, they don't. No, they don't tell you. You, um, you know, I, I, I entered the contest um, in, in, in sort of an unusual way. Typically, what happens is that you, you nominate someone from an organization, and um, and you uh, and, and you submit a body of work, and then 
usually there's a long letter that's written about why this person deserves this honor. Well, I didn't want to write a long letter about myself. I was like, this is, you know, it's a little kind of navel gazing. It's just a little, it's just, it just didn't feel right. So I, I talked to some of my coworkers. I said, you know what? I said, I want to enter, but I'm just going to enter my work and let it stand for itself. So I entered my work. Well, then my wife actually uh, lied to me and told me that uh, my sister was uh, trying to get an internship and she needed a recommendation and she needed some of my biographical information. So I wrote up a biography and gave it to her. And that's what they submitted <laughs> for the ah, entry. Ah. Um, and uh, and so uh, but but it was I I I. I, I wasn't completely sure until I saw my parents there, and I my parents have asked for years. They always they're really supportive and they're they're wonderful people. But they always said we want to we want to see you get an award. And I said, Mom, no one brings their parents. You know, no one, no none of the other journalists have their mom and dad there. <laughs> right. uh, so uh, so, but when I saw them there, I I I kind of I kind of had an idea. But it was uh, it was incredibly rewarding. Um, especially with them there. Uh, I, I give my folks a hard time. Uh, you know, I kind of pick on them during the, the talks that I give here because they're, you know, they're, 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 they're an interesting, uh, interesting pair there. But, um, but it was, it was really wonderful to see them there and have them especially as, as supportive as they've been to me over the years and, and all this. So it, uh, it meant a lot. As a longtime newspaper guy, what do you think about the state of the newspaper business these days? Ooh, you know, where, where's it headed? Well, I think, well, honestly, what we're doing right now is probably an indication of where, uh, where newspapers are headed. I think you're going to see a lot of, uh, obviously, a shift away from print. That's been coming for a while. We've known that. But the idea is, is trying to uh, find ways to relay information to people in a compelling way. I, I've seen their newsrooms are taking on podcasts now. That's, that's something that they're obviously interested in. Uh, I, we're interested in that. We haven't gotten to that point yet. That's something that I'm hoping in the next few years we're going to really make a, a stronger effort to get it to to get into that arena. Uh, you know, it, it's it's while, while it's unclear kind of where we're headed, one thing is certain, and that is there is a there's a strong demand for local news. And I saw a study the other day that indicated that 60% of local news is generated by newspapers. So newspapers are still carrying that weight. Uh, and and I think that obviously you're going to see fewer and fewer papers at the state you know, level. I was at a press association meeting recently, and you know you continue to see circulation declines. But we have we do see traffic continue to grow um, on our websites. Monetizing that's always a challenge. You know how how are your advertise how your advertising is going to work. One of the things that we've done is we've continued to try to develop you know, the video side of what we do. Um, we have a football magazine that we do every year, and it's it's generally successful for us financially, both uh, both in print and and digitally. But we actually added uh, a few years ago, we added videos and um, started finding advertisers who were willing to post their ads on our football preseason videos. And that boosted our revenues uh, by about 10% uh, on that product. So, you know, I, I, I'm a news guy. I don't deal a lot with the ad side, but I always, my idea, idea is always trying to find content that will interest people, that will draw people in, and that people will want to support, uh, the advertisers want to support, and that readers will want to read. What's some of the challenges you face in your job or one of the biggest challenges and, and how have you dealt with it? So one of the challenges that, that, I, that we're doing right now is we have a lot of folks in the 
in the newspaper business who are not as committed to changing the business model. They don't, they're not as committed to sort of the, the, the cultural shift. They, they, they want to have the news come out every Thursday, like it has, you know, for, for decades at this paper. And so what, what I've, what we've tried to do is to kind of work with those folks and say, listen, you know, you've got to adapt. We've got to change with the times. We've got to get, people want news constantly. We have to, we have to give them news every day. We can't just isolate it to one day of the week or, you know, or one section. And, and, it, and it's forced us to also rethink how we do our print coverage um, because we still, we, we, you know, it, we want there to be value in everything that we do. And so oftentimes we'll do a series of breaking news reports over the course of several days and then have a deeper, longer, in-depth piece that actually runs in print. But you know, I, I tend to think of, of the model that I kind of look to for, for what I think we're, we're hope we're going uh, for the direction I hope we're going is I like to think of it as like a magazine model. Um, I love what the Atlantic does. Uh, and obviously we're, you know, small potatoes by comparison, but I love what the Atlantic does with its website, with its print edition. Um, I, I really, I, I think that there's, there, there's some things to be learned there from local publications. And to me, the, the, a, a challenge that one challenge I think that we have overcome is we are now officially a daily outlet. We are we are we are we are producing stories and videos and photographs, uh, you know, frequently, which is something that a lot of weekly papers haven't done. Where where I think we need to go is we need to be fully committed to um, not just having content every day, but being a full twenty four seven operation, and that's that's a big challenge. And a lot of that has to do with staffing too. I mean, we're our, we have about we have 10 people in the news side of on the news side of our staff and seven of those are reporters. So we have three people who primarily, um, you know, do are involved in the design and the production side of the paper. So I think what you're going to see going forward is you're going to see fewer and fewer folks on the production side and almost exclusively a reporting team. I think you'll see fewer editors as well. Obviously there's a role for editors, but I think the, 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 the biggest challenge now is to have a very, uh, you know, a very, a very strong reporting core and, and, you know, one or two folks in the editor's role leading them. And I think that's where we're going to see a lot of organizations. They're going to be leaner, but they're probably going to be much more efficient. Is there one story that stands out to you over the years as being most memorable or an experience you had doing this that, that you think about from time to time? Hmm. You know, there, there's a story that, um, that really was, it, 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 it was difficult for our community and it was difficult to tell. Um, in 2017, we had a, a, a double murder at a, a local bank and uh, there were two women who were killed and it was, it was a shock to the community and it was, it was heartbreaking. These women were, were well loved. They had you know, strong families. They had ties throughout the community and after their deaths uh you know there 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 were some tributes to them but there wasn't a whole lot about no one had really kind of explored their lives so much of the coverage was focused on the crime and the horrific nature of the crime and so i I said i kind of set a, a goal i said i want if if the family is willing i want to tell the story of um 
of these women, or, or at least or at least one of them, at least if there will be a family that will talk with me. And I approached the um, the daughter of, of one of the um, uh, one of the women who was killed. And it's, it, I talked to her for a little bit over time and, you know, I didn't, I wasn't pushy. I, I just, I told her, I said, I think that your mother's story is important. I think people need to know who she was beyond, you know, just the, 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 the little bit that we know. And she agreed and the timing worked out. It actually was in, uh, in 2018, it was our, our mother's day, uh, uh, centerpiece story. And what ended up being so remarkable about that is, and I didn't know this when I first started pursuing the story, was that this uh, this woman who, uh, who was killed, her name was Donna Major, she had left this beautiful collection of uh, stories and, uh, and and it was a journal full of notes about her family. And her family knew that she liked to journal, but they didn't know what she had written. And they didn't read it until after her death. And they found that just moments before she was killed, she had written about her family and her life and and uh, and her faith, and um, and she just it, it, and for the family it was as it, heartbreaking as everything was that they went through. Um, they found such comfort in her words, and it was a really amazing to me. It, it was it was it was just wonderful to be able to tell this story of a woman who had given you know, unknowingly given this beautiful gift. I mean, she knew she was writing, but you know, when you write a journal, you write for yourself, you don't write for other folks. She had unknowingly left this beautiful gift for her children that they were able to go through and look and find comfort from. And, um, and that was a story that I was, I, I was, I was, I was honored to tell. I was, I was grateful that the family talked with me, but I, um, I just also think that it was a really powerful testament to, to the way she lived. And, uh, and I, it was, I, I feel fortunate to be a part of that story. And you showed a video of that story to our yes. students during your discussion. And I was sitting there and I said aloud to myself, wow, when her daughter was reading from the journal, because the last entry, and I, if I remember right, somebody in the video said, her husband or one of the sons said that she had written this basically three minutes before she yeah. was killed, and the the last thing she had written it was on the day of the the solar, the, eclipse. The solar eclipse, the you know the eclipse across the USA, and she was writing about, you know, the next one is in this much time, maybe I'll be alive then, but probably not. Yeah, and I s- heard that, and the time frame, and I just said to myself, "Wow, very powerful." Yeah, and and again, that's something that I did not know, and the family didn't know until. Uh, after her death, they went through some of her belongings, and uh, they found that um, that notebook. Yeah, that that was extremely powerful. Um, and uh, they, I, I mean, it was they had she had packed when she went to work that day. She had packed her eclipse glasses with her because she had hoped to have a break to walk outside. And um, you know, it was a yeah. It, it, it that that was a very. You, know, you, you you try to maintain your composure as a reporter in these situations, but that's difficult. It's difficult when you're writing a, about something as, as devastating as this and as, as strong as this. But um, yeah, I will say this: the folks in that video, her children and her and, and her her husband, remarkable people. I mean, they were to to be able to to talk uh, to a reporter to sit down and open up like that and, and and about the the worst moment of their lives. I mean, it was. I was I was really really grateful that they were they were as generous uh, with their time and, and 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 as candid as they were with me. 
Charles, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. That was Charles Perry, speaker during our Mass Comm Week. He's also the 2019 South Carolina Press Association Journalist of the Year and editor of My Ori News and the Carolina Forest Chronicle. You're listening to the Palmetto Report.